Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge World Tour, a podcast with a variety of guests from all over the world talking all things in the gaming industry. Here's your host, Tony Erickson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson. And this week, I'm actually not joined by any new guest. It's just me here alone, sitting at the end of the World Tour season, looking back on everything, as we had one of the most packed seasons I have ever done on this podcast. And I'd like to first off thank all of my guests who I had on this season for this, and uh, all of you, the listeners, for tuning in this season, uh, whether you were new or returning. Uh, just thank you. This week, we're doing something a little different. We're going to be looking back at some of the best conversations that we had uh, throughout this entire season. Uh, but before we get into those, we do have some other business to take care of. And starting off with that business, we have our headline of the week. As most of you know, over this, at the start of this season, actually, I announced that I began playing Final Fantasy XIV. And I, I became addicted, very addicted, so much so that I've been wa- I was watching the top top the Omega Protocol Ultimate, the world race for it to see who's going to get the first. And there was controversy around that cheating controversy uh, to be to begin with. Uh, in fact, the very first clear for the Omega Protocol was cleared by a group called Unnamed, which is a Japanese, uh, I believe, they're a Frico. Uh, however, it was found out that members of the group, not the entire group, but I think it was like one or two members, had cheated by using a FOV, uh, field of view third-party tool, which let them zoom out ridiculously far out that it got memed on to the moon and back, literally to the moon and back. And Yoshi P, he made a statement about it, and he, they, he sent out the punishments in regards to this. So not only did, obviously, the ones who did use the third-party tool, because Yoshi P has gone on the record saying, the game, you you shouldn't use third-party tools. Uh, He doesn't approve of them for his game. Uh, People still use them. People are still going to use them after this. But uh, if you're going to use them, you shouldn't post that you're... uh, You're probably going to stay quiet about uh, clearing shit. Especially when it comes to ultimates, if you're using those, because the second they find out, you're going to be fucked. That's what it, that's what I've gotten from this, at least. But the punishments have been dealt. So for those who did use the tool, I believe they got a perma ban, or well, not a ban, not a perma ban. I don't know if it was a perma ban, but they did get most likely banned. However, those who did not directly cheat, but were more of the reap the rewards from this group, they were told to delete the item that they were given, that they got as a reward. They had their title and the achievement both revoked as well from their accounts. Very wild, and I don't think we've actually ever seen uh, Yoshi P and the FF14 team do something like this. So, goes to show it doesn't pay to cheat. Uh, In other news, though, uh, there actually now have been world clears for the Omega Protocol without the use of third-party tools. I believe it was Neverland or Wonderland. I can't remember the exact name off the top of my head right now. Uh, they were one of the group FCs to clear it. They had another, or Statics. 
whatever they actually are. I'm pretty sure they are just FCs, but they were wanting to declare it in another group who I don't think it was named who they were, uh, but they've cleared it as well. So there are we are seeing clears now of uh, the Omega Protocol, which is awesome to see. And uh, moral of this story, just don't cheat. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth If you're going to cheat, don't, don't uh, post it publicly. I think that's just the lesson here. Just, just don't. Uh, anyway, with that, it's time for us to now dive into what else happened this past week in gaming. Let's look into the week in review. Covering news from the world of video games, TCG, and board games, this is the Week in Review. And to kick things off, we had a couple games come out last week. Season, A Layer to the Future, which our guest last week, Spec, we got to be a part of the beta testing for that game. And he, as he said, you should definitely go check out that game. It looks like it's going to be a fantastic time. And I don't doubt that. It's looking good. Uh, however, I've been playing another game that came out th- this past week, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake. Uh, I'm only, as of recording this, I'm only a little bit in right now, but so far it's pretty good. The physics are a lot, but, uh, they're a lot more flowy. It's still got some things that I wish, it, it still feels a little weird. I'm not going to lie, it still feels a little heavy, I guess is what you could say with the physics. It feels heavy a little bit, but it's not like a bad heavy. Best way I could describe that. Uh, and also, Deliver Us Mars came out as well. In the world of video game news, Nintendo Switch online members. Uh, the, Nintendo's doing this thing where you can now buy a pair of game vouchers to redeem two digital games from the eShop, like triple, we're talking like Nintendo first party tiles. Uh, this includes Scarlet and Violet, Fire Emblem Engage, Breath of the Wild, Mario, like all of like the big games in their collection. Uh, you can redeem it digitally. The cost is $99.98, so you're saving like a good chunk of money depending on the games that are in the selection. But it's with the example, that's of course American, USD. So it's probably a little more Canadian, but uh, I, I haven't looked what the, con- the conversion rate is. But if you want to get basically like a two for. Like, it's buy one, get one X amount off. It's essentially what this is. So it pays to be a member a little bit. Obviously, you got to pay for yourself, but it's not the worst thing. I just wish the vouchers were a little bit cheaper, but that's just me personally. In the Forbidden Game Fortnite news, Gohan and Piccolo have been added as new Dragon Ball characters. Uh, In some delayment news, we got two things for delayments. Uh, Jedi Survivor has been delayed to late April now, uh, as it was set to come out next month in March, is now just been pushed back by a month, uh, most likely to fix some issues that they might have had with the game. Uh, also uh, delayed is the new Amnesia game, which I didn't even know there was a new Amnesia game coming out, uh, as this was the first I was hearing of this. But Amnesia the Bunker uh, also was supposed to come out next month in March. That's been delayed to May 16th now. Uh, and Amnesia the Bunker, from what I read about it, is an open-world, choice-driven game. And from the sound of it, you're also given a gun, and it's first person, so it's a survival horror as well. So, yeah, that's a, definitely a, a, a hard right for the amnesia series but it's gonna be interesting to see 
the PlayStation Plus collection, which uh, was announced back at the start of like the PS5s when it was first coming out, which are 20 of what Sony calls the best PlayStation 4 games uh, that you could get for free. Just as long as you have any, I was like, I believe any version of PlayStation Plus. Well, that's coming to an end in about three-ish months. So you can get uh, that. Basically, that collection is just going away. Everything else in PlayStation Plus is staying. Like, if the games are, like, in the PlayStation Plus in other means, then I believe they'll stay. And I believe we might see them rotate in and out here and there. But this collection is going away in three months. So if you haven't taken advantage of it and you have a PlayStation 5, now's your chance to take advantage of that to get the stuff in there at least. Uh, otherwise, uh, you got you still have a little bit of time. And I'm sure we'll talk about it again once uh, we're back in Season 7 when that date gets closer to. In surprise announcements of I didn't think this series would ever get a trilogy, The Crew is getting its third installment called The Crew Motorfest, which is cool. I played the, I guess it was the beta for the first crew when they had an open beta. I thought it was all right. I thought the the main character looked a lot like Adam Levine, the lead singer of Maroon 5. It was all right. I didn't play a lot of it. I think I maybe played 30 minutes of it before I put it down because I was too busy playing other games like I usually am. But it was all right. Uh, so if you like racing, if you like racing games, it's really like a good time to be a racing game fan, I think. Uh, and probably what is also some of the biggest news that we got this week, E3 news, which shocked a lot of people. So Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft will not be at the physical event. As we know, E3 going to be physical, going to be on location this year. All three of them not going to have a presence. PlayStation, we've known they're not going to have a presence for a while. They announced that years ago, so that's fine. But Microsoft and Nintendo, we're a little surprised. And now what this means, as it sounds, Microsoft and Xbox will have a digital presentation probably around the time of E3, but they will not have any booths, no game demos on grounds, none of that. And so the same is most likely going to be true with Nintendo, as we're probably going to have a Nintendo Direct, a pretty big one, around the time of E3, but no no boosts, no nothing at the event. I'm pretty sure this is what Sony's been doing. Uh, well, Sony also just doesn't do like the, the show anymore, so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, and hopefully we'll have more details later on. Maybe this is just for now they're not doing it, unless... E3 is going to offer something, but uh, what what do you think should happen to E3? Personally, I think we should just fuse E3 with Summer Games Fest and give Jeff Keighley the, the run of the show. Not going to lie, that might save E3 this year, because right now, it's not looking good. Some odd news about a game that I'm excited for, Arcane's Redfall. Uh, as I talked about it when we had the Xbox Developers Direct showcase a couple weeks ago. Uh, well, it turns out that's going to require a persistent online connection to play the game, including the single player, which I think is very fucking dumb. I hope they revoke that because you th that shouldn't be mandatory. It's the dumbest shit when they do that. Grand, like Because the second those servers get hacked or down, you can't play their game. You just can't play their game. Gran Turismo suffered that hard with Gran Turismo 7 when 
their servers went kaput or got hacked. I can't remember what it was. So you should learn from that and be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that. I don't know. It feel like it just makes me upset. Uh, the Halo franchise is go- going forward. They'll be using a new engine. Uh, they'll be using the Unreal Engine for future installments within the Halo series, which is interesting. But it sounds like the the base engine that they've been using and upgrading all this time, all that code in there, it's so messy and so bad that they're just going to. I think it sounds like they're going to possibly try to redo it. But for the time being, just, for the time being, they're just going to be using the Unreal Engine. But regardless, Unreal Engine for future Halo games, is it enough to save Halo? No, I think Halo's been dead in the water ever since, uh, I I would say after Halo 4. Halo 4 was the last good Halo game, in my opinion. I loved Halo 4 a lot. It was the first game that 343 really had full control over. I think it was all right because it was so new. It was, it also was like a new adventure for the Chief. I think we were all like, okay. And it also ended everything well with how, with how, you know, Katana's gone, everything's done, let's, but, and then 5 and 6 happened, or 5 and Infinite happened, and, you know, it, yeah. Um, in some more game, game shutting down news, Rumbleverse is shutting down after six months. That is the epic uh, wrestling battle royale game. Yeah, it's got servers are shutting down on February 28th, and it'll officially be dead. So play that game. You have like a, a little less than a month left to play that game. Uh, and also, in some sad news, uh, Annie Wershing, who played Tess in The Last of Us, she has died at age 45 from cancer, which is uh, very sad. Uh, I know that some of her fellow co-stars, uh, Troy Baker... And a few others posted some uh, very heartfelt messages and videos uh, on Twitter to help remember her and to offer uh, their thoughts and prayers to her family, uh, which we at the Game Lodge also, uh, to those affected by her loss, uh, send you our thoughts and prayers as well. In the world of TCG news, in Pokemon, we are... About, I guess, two months away uh, at the uh, from the Scarlet and Violet base set. comes out March 31st, so get ready for that. We'll be talking more about that in Season 7 of the Game Lounge. Uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh! news, starting off with our Master Duel updates, the new Duel Pass is out now. Get to level 75 for a Karibo Duel Mate. And also, the new monthly season for February has started off. So be sure to get in those duels, get those free gems... And uh, just duel. Duel a lot, because you never know what'll happen. Uh, In the world of TCG, uh, next week, on February 9th, the Dark Magician Girl Accessories and Photon Hypernova. Both of those come out February 9th, uh, so you can grab those finally. At the end of the month, Beware of Trap Tricks, that structure deck arrives on the 24th. And on April 21st, the 25th Anniversary Edition Collection of Yu-Gi-Oh! arrives. In Magic the Gathering news, next week as well, Phyrexia All Will Be One. It comes out February 7th, uh, digitally in February 10th, physically. The next main set, March of the Machines, is set for April 21st. And uh, Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth set is expected in a few months. And there is no board game or tabletop gaming news uh, this week. 
Uh, and with all of that said and done, let's look ahead and see what should be on your radar from February 6th to February 12th. From AAA titles to upcoming indies and random shovelware, here's what's coming out next week that should be on your radar. Now, I was surprised when I looked at the game list. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's February. We've had like a good stream of games uh, from in January. There are three games coming out this week that you should pay attention to that aren't like, you know, random shovelware on Steam or the Switch. Uh, Endling Extinction is Forever comes out for mobile devices, both iOS and Android. Monster Outbreak comes to the Switch. And if you're a PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, or PC owner, Hogwarts Legacy arrives on those platforms. And that's that's it. That arrives Friday. Three games. Three games. So I hope you're ready for that. Uh, but with that, uh, it's time for us to now look back, take a look back at this season, and uh, listen to some of the best conversations that we had this week in the Game Lounge. Covering a variety of topics with his weekly guests, here's what's going down this week in the Game Lounge. So it, it basically, hey, for those fans who are fans of Sonic and Pokemon, you have 10 days to beat Sonic Frontiers before Pokemon comes out. Yeah, and there's God of War in there as well. Hey, oh, God, yeah, God of War. I keep forgetting about that one. Oh, so many games. November is time. stacked. Oh, there's, there's a lot. Like, there's there's too much. It's I mean, you're, you're talking about games and that that are coming out in the future. This past month has had so many indie games that I've just not been able to keep up with them all. I've had, like, a new indie game each week. Next week, Freedom Planet 2 drops. And I'm like, this is the last indie game for a while that I want. But goddamn, there's been like five of them in each week that I've been playing. <laughs> yeah. It's just been too many. I mean, it's been a good year for indie games. Oh, it's been a phenomenal year. Great year for indie games. Like, that's the category I am most excited to see at the Game Awards to see what takes that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, is there anything that you want to see in Sonic from Sonic Frontiers before the game drops via a trailer or anything? Nope, because I want to play it for myself and be excited. I, I have seen enough now. I have seen movement. I've seen combat. I've seen story. I have seen... I've, I've heard the themes. That's enough. I'm already sold on it. I've went from cautiously optimistic to worried to I'm excited. Leave me at excited and <laughs> let me see what happens. Okay. Have I been have I been duped again? Have I been caught again? I don't know. Time will tell. I think one thing I would like, I doubt they would, a demo would be nice. I would love a demo. They've already said we're not getting one. <laughs> like it's not happening. I would love for them to release the public demo that they've had at Gamescom and that. Yeah. Uh I doubt it's gonna happen because apparently somebody managed to find a bug that got them out of the demo area and they saw a little bit more than they were supposed to. Obviously, you're a speedrunner. What are your hopes for this game speedrun-wise? Honestly, I just hope that it's fun to play. Um, not all games are good speedrun games. We don't know if it will or not until the game runs out and we play it. Um, sometimes we jive with games really well and we love it. We love the movement. like We love the tricks and glitches. Other times, we find glitches that, while are fast, we just don't like to pull off because they're either really difficult or they're really hard on your hands or something like that. I honestly don't know what my hopes for the speedruns are. We'll just have to... I will wait and see and hopefully help develop the speedrun route when the game releases. I, I, we're both excited for this game. I November cannot come fast enough. 
So what does what does a speed run in these racing games entail? What does it look like? So they're very different games, but uh, though they all have two major categories. There's glitchless and glitched, and so glitchless you try and go as fast as possible with like uh, mostly intended mechanics. <laughs> uh, you have uh, boost chaining. Uh, and then they left in a feature where you have double control, so you can drift straight forward in Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, and you can really optimize your paths, and it's so much fun. What does a glitched speedrun look like? So, a, a glitched speedrun, uh, for, uh, it's mostly the same in Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. Uh, there is some, uh, some tracks where you can drive alongside a wall and then respawn and you just complete a lap. <laughs> it's oh. crazy how that just works. Uh, for Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed, it's super crazy. Uh, it wasn't actually, it's not really ran a lot because they patched most of it. So you would need a Xbox 360 to really do this category, uh, which mm. most people really don't. But uh, you can... Uh, there is some crazy out of bounds. You can go out of bounds on pretty much every track and skip huge parts of it. Uh, for example, there's a, a fastest lap time on a track that's zero point six seconds long. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, that's really fast. Really, really fast. Is there an optimal character and cart combo to use for the games? Uh, so for Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, it's uh, a mix between uh, Metal Sonic, Sonic, and Shadow. Those are the only real three you're going to be using, and then Amigo for like one track. Oh. For uh, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, uh, Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, uh, we have uh, Metal Sonic is a good one. Uh, Shadow can be used. Uh, and then we have Ralph. <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. I He's actually Wreck -It Ralph one of the best character. characters in the game. Uh, and then Aegis, which is a Dreamcast controller kind of character. Yeah. An Outrun card. It looks really cool. And those are really the best characters in the game. Not Danica Patrick from real life Danica Patrick. No, sadly Danica Patrick <laughs> is not very good. <laughs> I just I just remember back when the games were like with ASRT transformed. Or yeah, ASRT was yeah. getting promoted. <laughs> they promoted, hey guys, you can play as Danica Patrick. Cause she was the face of basically the the uh advertising campaign for that game, which was yeah. weird. To say the least. It does have a odd roster, but I love the roster in the game so yeah, very There's much. like, yeah, Wreck-It Ralph, you have Danica Patrick. Were there any other weird characters that I'm forgetting? So on PC, they have Football Manager, they have Willemus from Total War, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have Shogun from Total War as well. It's, oh it's crazy. They have a... They put in a DLC for Yogscast. Yeah, the Yogscast DLC. I remember that. Jesus. Wow, what a game. And you and we thought uh, Avengers Endgame was the biggest, most ambitious crossover event in history. 
Nah, it was ASRT. <laughs> yeah. But the category I run is um, the team festival category. And to give sort of like a brief sort of simple explanation, it's basically uh, a slimmed down campaign mode that isn't really a campaign mode. You take part in events that take place over the Olympic calendar that took place in like Vancouver at the time, 2010. Even though the oh, game came this out. is okay. This is the 2010 version of the Winter Olympics. Yeah, yeah. People who have played the Olympic Games, they'll say that this game or London 2012 are the best ones in the franchise, and I'm inclined to agree with them because everyone, every game outside of like that, those two games are kind of either all right or just like bad. I would agree with that. I've only really played the very first one. Like, back on the Wii, where it was, like, what was it, Beijing? Yeah, it was Beijing, yeah. Yeah, that's really the only one I played. I played the Vancouver Winter Games at a friend's place, but that was really about it. Yeah, Vancouver 2010, like, like unironically good game. Even if you're not speedrunning it, it's, like, a very... Like, the events, most of them are fun, except for curling. But curling is... It's definitely, like... It's the gulf of the game. Like it's don't you? I mean, hey, it's I'm a, a, I'm a, you're you're talking to a Canadian here. How dare you dis? How dare oh, right. you dis curling <laughs> listen, to me, a listen, Canadian citizen? Listen, I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm sure. I'm sure. Real curling is definitely better. It, it, most of the reason I why mean, cur- it depends who you ask. Curling. Yeah, true. Most most <laughs> of the reason why I say curling is like kind of my least favorite in the game is just because of the controller, the Wii remote. And just like kind of pointing and like and like the motion itself it's not really the best but for, but i guess at the time it was okay but every time i play curling for when i'm doing runs i'm always like i'm always like okay i have to make sure this weird remote actually works properly otherwise my run is basically dead all right sensor bar check we remote check rng blessings check <laughs> it's not even RNG for the game. It's just RNG in life. Yeah, it's just RNG. <laughs> it's just a whole lot of RNG, really. That's completely on. <laughs> that's just even. It goes outside of the game. It just does. Originally, back when I was a kid, there really wasn't an option to play the games in Spanish. Um, so I was basically forced into it. I remember, uh, and probably most of. The listeners won't remember, but last time I was talk- talking about how I learned with Pokemon. And I mean, it's not even like I chose to do it. It basically was forced into me because games would only come out in English. And how, how long did how long did that like go on for? Like what what y- if you remember like the year or like around what year it was that you started to notice that you could start? So to honestly, it probably started happening like halfway through the PS3, Xbox 360, and Wii uh, era, where suddenly games started to like maybe have a translation to other languages. Like I don't, I don't know for like German and other languages, but I do know that slowly we started to like maybe this game might have a, a Spanish translation, and this one might also have it, but it was very rare. To have one. Do you remember what game it was that you first noticed that? It probably was Pokemon, the first one I noticed, because most games, uh, 
I know you probably won't notice since I don't know if you speak any other language other than English, but most games like don't usually even have a translation and when they do, it's usually hidden. Yeah, it's but usually hidden with the I do remember uh, Gen 6 for Pokemon where you start the game and it asks you what language you want to use. Yeah. That was like the first time I noticed and it, it made me question like, huh, I really haven't noticed, but most games don't even have a Spanish translation. I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever used one just from that fact. Yeah, it's very wild to think that's like, because uh, with Pokemon, like now whenever you start up a modern Pokemon game, it'll always ask you what your language is. And it has like, what is it? It's like they, they have it in like 10 languages. I, think. Um, I believe it's mostly uh, eight languages or well, nine in a, in a sense. English, Spanish, French, Japanese, German, Japanese, German. but like simplified, like I don't know how to describe it, but. Uh, there's like the full-on Japanese that uses the kanji characters, and then there's like a Japanese, but you don't need the hiragana and the katakana. Yeah, and then there's like Chinese and traditional Chinese and Korean. Oh yeah, Korean. I do yeah. know there's those. Yeah. So I first noticed it there, but I know that if I go back a bit, there's quite a, a few games that started doing it before that. Yeah, it, with a big thing with like games back in the day, it's they were mostly appealing to either you you have games that are appealing to either the Western or the Eastern audience, which is why a lot of games back in the day just kind of stayed in Japan because they didn't want to translate them. For I mean, most, most games still only stay in Japan for like JRPGs and stuff like that. They need to put it up. They need to bring them here because there's some there's some Japan only games that I do want to play. Actually, like going back on what I commented about the Kuro game for the Trails uh, series. Yeah. Um, that series is kind of what I've been focusing my language learning on at the moment, and it's such a mess in terms of the languages. Um, as as I said, um, as you noticed, there's. Trails uh, from Zero, I believe it's the yeah. English name, uh, that just released here. It released after 12 years, and before that there was only a fan translation, which is actually what's being used for the official version. Oh, I don't know if wow. you knew that. Um, I did not know that, no. And it took 12 years for the game to officially release in English. And... For the newer games, we're behind actually three games now with the release of Kuro 2. So if you really want to follow the Trail series, you basically need either Chinese, Japanese, or Korean. Wow. That theater of the mind yes. of just having a voice and just using audio to ex to just get the point and the what you're trying to express across. Really amazing. Yeah, I didn't like anticipate that part being really fun about it all. Like having, um, you know, having to lean into the voice acting of it. All. Although I don't really view it as voice acting, but I guess it kind of is. But having to like uh, make intentional choices with my voice to, or like using silence a lot, I think is a big thing for me is knowing when to use my silence and when to, you know, I don't know, lean into different parts and 
different tones and stuff. It's all really fun uh, to kind of analyze in my own streaming and try to improve upon. So it's definitely a lot of that's like one of the funnest parts, I think, because I'm a very honestly like in real life, I'm like a very expressive person. When I first started VTubing, um, I, I told my parents about it and my dad was like, oh, I just wish they could see your reactions to stuff because you always have like the funniest faces. And I, <laughs> and so, because I do, I think people can tell through my model. People always think I saw, I look like grumpy or whatever, <laughs> but it's just my, it's just my face. <laughs> so <laughs> like whenever I'm thinking and stuff, they're like, you look angry. I'm like, I'm not angry. It's just, you just can't see what I'm actually looking like. <laughs> so I think, uh, having to rely on your voice and how you act and choices like that is been a big learning curve for me because I am very much a very physical like in real life I'm very much like a physical comedy kind of person like I'm very goofy and klutzy and kind of like <laughs> just a goofball you know but I think it still comes out that part I think people can tell um so what are you what are a lot of the common misconceptions about VTubing that you've seen mm, I don't know I this is kind of a hard one because I think a lot of people, um, when they think of VTubers, but they, they don't really watch VTubers, they get really hung up on like lore and stuff or like VTubers having like their backstory, like my coffee shop or whatever, which I technically have like a little bit more backstory than that. But I'm terrible about talking about lore. So I always just say I'm a barista or whatever. <laughs> but I technically have like an isekai story or whatever as well. And, oh oh yeah i mean it's not very in depth because i'm terrible at that stuff but I it, got, was, it was just you got hit by the truck well i got portaled a little bit different oh, you got portaled. okay yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but the, uh, the other choice when it comes to isekai it's, yeah. it's either truck coon or portal coon <laughs> exactly exactly so um i think a lot of people who don't watch vtubers and like don't really know if they want to get into it get kind of hung up with this idea that I think VTubers aren't being authentic or they're playing a character. And I'm sure there are VTubers who play a character, but I would say the same thing about face cam streamers. You know, like they're not, I don't think anyone streaming is being, like they're, anyone who's trying to like, I think make it in the scene or whatever, uh, they are leading into some type of characterization of themselves. So I think a lot of people think that VTubers could be inauthentic, but I think honestly, the lack of like almost the anonymity of it allows you to be more of yourself on stream you know what i mean i don't know it just really like removing yourself and like conceptions about like what will people think of me or like how will this affect my reputation or how people perceive me you're able i think it just like i feel very myself when i'm streaming and like um i don't feel like i put on a character too much of a character i mean i try to be funny but besides that, you know, uh, I think a lot of people think VTubers aren't being authentic or like their lore is, you know, like the main aspect of it. But it's really not. I think that's pretty much a waste when you see a great game with a lot of potential because it didn't have a, actually a good art direction in terms of story or in terms of gameplay or in terms of like keeping the play the player engaged engaged exactly i was going to say busy but <laughs> engaged i think it's a, it's a better <laughs> it's a better <laughs> word. Uh, and those games just fall into oblivion and i think that's actually pretty sad <laughs> but 
Okay, so now, now to, to say about some pet peeves. I myself don't like when games uh, sexualize stuff too much. It's a thing that I, I myself feel uncomf uncomfortable. And sometimes I must admit, even though I myself am not a professional artist, but I sometimes um, criticize some professional artworks that I see um, promotional arts and stuff like this. <laughs> That's fair. So just uh, tone, tone down the booba around crisis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's uh, like, I know that some people like, but I don't, I don't think that's needed like everywhere, especially like fight games. Sometimes it doesn't make even sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I won't disagree. I won't disagree with that. I, I yeah. really won't. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like again. It's not about not doing. Uh, it's not about doing a sexy character, but it's about it's about making every character sexy in situations that don't fit. <laughs> this don't make sense at all. Well, this just doesn't make sense. She she fell, and I can see everything. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Actually, there are sites for that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, but can you blame the internet? I mean, I think that if we start about fandoms, we we won't we won't finish today, Tony. <laughs> that's that's all. That's a whole other rabbit hole that I do not want to go down. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's move on. H have you seen the My Hero Academia fandom? They'll come after my ass. It's it's actually one of my favorite animes, but great I anime, great show. I, I yeah, think it's a good show. God, be, the fans be, suck. Be far be far away from the fandom. Yeah, basically, you do double Lost World for one Lost World. That's that's a hard challenge. It's basically the ultimate way of doing the Lost World experience. That's that's the best you'll get for your eyes and also your enjoyment as gameplay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the combo speed run nobody knew they needed until now. Oh, absolutely. As we speak, Gordon Ramsay is already labbing this out. Oh, yeah. I mean, the man doesn't have a minute to spare. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> He's been grinding Project 06, goes back to Lost World, goes back to other Sonic games. You know, on the grind. That's great. I fucking love Gordon. Great guy. He's amazing. Yeah. Listen to that. Listen, You can listen to Gordon on this podcast, actually, if you go back a couple seasons ago to listen to that. We'll definitely look that out. Um, amazing 06 runner. Um, and I mean, just great speedrunner as a whole. I think he has a great idea, has a great information, and he definitely has a speedrun brain to it. You know, you see a lot of people that have very good movement or good understanding of movement in games, but you also need a very, very massive brain to actually find strats and actually elaborate them into becoming uh, the future uh, of what you want to push as a game. And I think this man is a, a good definition of uh, what a great speedrunner is. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. Uh, and now before we get on uh, a tangent of just simping over this man, um, <laughs> you, what, what are your, what's your end goal with StatX for your speed runs? What's, what's like your end goal you have with this game, if you do have one? That's really hard to say because um, it's been a long time before, uh, since the game was active, really. There was, there's been like uh, top runners that were just pushing the game uh, silently without saying a word. Um, and the game was always a little bit dead in the in, uh, in the last years before um, 
Shout out to Sora, by the way. Uh, Sora came in and just basically started releasing resources and uh, pushing stuff to make sure that uh, runners were actually comfortable with learning strats because Sadex is a pretty hard game to uh, get into because there's a lot of stuff to know about the speedrun as a whole. And I think the community is developing at, at a rate that's just really, really fast. So it's hard to say uh, how much I'll be grinding in the future. I'll, I, I don't know yet if I'm going to be grinding that much Um more as time goes on or i will be trying to um show off stuff to people that are that are new to the game that are trying to push it as far as i uh had in my dreams as a kid you know um but as we speak right now i'd say probably um i want to get world record for all of the small categories in sadex other than sonic story because i believe they're really important and they're also all very cool they all have a very specific movement to them that uh differentiates uh one from another and uh, I think right now I'm, in, I'm top five in every single category of the game. Um, I think I would probably be rooting for uh, top three, top two uh, for everything. And probably as a very end game goal, probably World Records on Story, which is something that I didn't do yet. How long is a speed run of Triple Trouble uh, usually? What's the world? Re- what's your PB and what's the world record? It's a, it's a bit longer than the other um, 8-bit games, mostly because it has a lot of uh, waiting time in between, like on transition screens and small cutscenes and stuff. My PB is a. I'm about a minute away from world record in the tails category. I think my PB is a high twenty-one, and the world record is a high twenty. And you said, uh, as you were talking about tails, it maybe so you can play as Sonic in tails. Are there any other characters you can play as in Dribble Trouble? Uh, no, which is weird because the game is called Triple Trouble. So I don't know why the game is called that. <laughs> um, I I think it might be referring to like the antagonists in the narrative. So you have Eggman, you have Knuckles, and you have Fang. That might be what it's referring to. Ah. But it's not entirely clear, I think. Okay. It's it's a bit weird that the game is called Triple Trouble and the first thing you see is oh you got two characters okay cool. yeah because I was thinking oh do you play as like Knuckles as well no, unfortunately no, he's, not he's 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 the enemy in this one one of those rare bad Knuckles moments <laughs> so between uh, the two D this two D game that you speedrun and Sonic Adventure DX. Uh, being a three and the three D Sonic games you speedrun, what are like, what's like your pros and cons with each one of them? I don't, I don't actually speedrun a lot of two D games. Um, Triple Trouble is one of the few ones I do, um, and I also use, I also dabbled into Sonic One like two years ago. Um, so I, I occasionally do two D, but not very often. I think there is like a very when it comes to platformers, at least, a very fundamental difference between skill sets for 2D and 3D games. Like, in, in 2D games, um, you don't have to deal a lot with, like, you know, like, 3D angles and movement and all that stuff. Like, in 3D, there's so much free movement and, like, different angles and curves and cu- uh, lines and in corners and stuff that you have to pay attention to. And you don't really get stuff like this in 2D. So in that regard, it's simpler. However, that puts more emphasis on fully optimizing the 2D movement and also what I think is the central difficulty for me personally learning a 2D game 
is that you just can't see what's coming up. Like you actually have to remember the level layouts, which is very difficult for me because I'm not used to practicing that. Like that's not a skill of mine being able to learn level layouts. Back in the day, there's a couple of different games I tried. Um, when it came out, I tried learning Sonic Mania a little bit. I, before that, at some point, I tried learning Sonic Advance 2. And these games are just completely overwhelming to me because they are both extremely fast and the levels are massive. So you have to you have to know uh, like every single part of the level as it's coming up while you have like I don't know, a tenth of a second to react to what's coming up. Um, and constantly having to know what's coming up is like very difficult for me and very stressful, where, which you really don't have in 3D games. Like in 3D games, you can just look forward and see what's coming up and then react, which I can work significantly better with. So yeah, I think that is like a pretty big difference between between the two. Back to battle passes. I talked about the 90 days for the dueling, the master duel one. What what do you think the optimal length of a, a battle pass should be if for games that do it like seasonally? Mm, I think for seasonally, 90 days sounds about right just because it's it's a quarter and it's usually three three months or so. So that makes the most sense, especially if you need a catch-up period because some people, uh, if you are unable to play for one week you can catch up another week if you're like on vacation or, or something or able to get some time off i'm not saying you should like stop what you're doing quit your job to play video games but that's yeah i think 90 days giving you that makeup period uh, in case you want to invest in like a weekend or two to catch up 90 days is a pretty solid all uh, right from pokemon itself we went from 90 days down now to 45 i believe Oh, they cut uh, it in half. Yeah, they cut it in half. They 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 tried it for, I think they tried it for last season, and it created a lot of pressure, especially for those that are ranking, because uh, the battle pass is also tied to, um, to the to your uh, playing ranked. So oh, yeah, it's a little it's a little tough, uh, and everybody's trying to get to where they need to be at for ranked before, uh, along with the bat with the battle pass as well. So dang. Yeah, 45 seems like a little too quick, but uh, I think somewhere between like 60 and 90 is, is, a, is a... I feel like it also depends on how well they balance the experience you get for the battle pass to the length of it. Oh, true, yeah. Because I, I, I feel like with that jump from 90 to 45, do you get any more experience when you do certain things for the battle pass, or is it the same as when it was 90? I think it's been the same since it was 90. Um, yeah, it's just like once you complete the battle pass, you get these extra um, bonus pulls that are gotcha chests at the oh. end of it. Yeah. Oh, so, boy. Pokemon Unite really doing everything out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's ran by uh, Timmy and Tencent as developers, so yeah. you can kind of tell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, you, what would you do to, like, fix battle passes if you if you were to step into the realm of the battle pass developers they're like hey we want to do a battle pass with this game and it's like your standard multiplayer big multiplayer game doing it what would you do that fixes it compared to like other battle passes that have come out hmm. that's a good one um i don't think necessarily 
having to uh, fix the battle pass itself, but more so give people opportunity outside of the battle pass to get um, certain things that they want without having to buy the battle pass if they don't want to. So making characters available for purchase, um, if you're not going to give it for free, might as well make it available for purchase for like $15 or so uh, USD. Or if you want a certain cosmetics that's way past that specific battle pass, you could do a premium for it uh, so people can uh, hop in and buy it. Uh, um, but yeah, other than that, I think with battle passes, maybe maybe just having like a double experience weekend or something, like having those a little bit more common for those that want it, that those that need to catch up, so they feel like it's worth it. Bring back my cans of Seven Up and Mountain Dew that yes. have my double experience code for three hours so yes. I can just gr- rise and grind like the gamer I am. Yes, and it has to be code red. <laughs> ex- yes. <laughs> exactly. Bring us, because I don't see a lot of those anymore. Like, I remember seeing those for Call of Duty way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And you don't see those anymore. And I'm like, damn. Now it's just you go to Burger King and it's Apparently, I saw this story. It's like, yo, if you want your the, these Overwatch skins, don't play the game. Just buy a Whopper. And you'll oh, get a yeah. code. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, they <laughs> did that with um, McDonald's in Australia, I think. Yeah, they did. I you, I, I reported that story. Uh, using the My Maccas app, you could order certain items, certain menu items, and that would get you the code for the exclusive McDonald's Tracer skin for Overwatch oh. 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, to be fair, like okay, every every single expansion that I get is since since the beginning, since the Taken King came out, I have gotten the deluxe edition for every single expansion that has that has come out. Um mainly because like Destiny's content now, it's so fractured. And I don't know why the fuck they do this. It's so fractured. There's like, okay, you got your expansion and then that covers that covers this stuff and then you got your season that covers this one thing right here and then it cover and then then they got the dungeon pass and that only covers two things but oh those things aren't out yet so you you basically that's just an investment that's a, just a deposit on it the, there's so much stuff in destiny that's that's broken up and you got your free to play content that everybody gets but like it's not like for the free to play players it sucks so it's just like it's not even worth being free to play anymore but like all of this stuff that they that they do now is so fractured and broken up so like when you you're you're basically encouraged to buy the deluxe edition because it's like okay well will this cover everything okay i'll just spend the 100 bucks and and that's what people are just incentivized to do now um so but but even before that like i i put so much money into into destiny 2 i think actually the only expansion that i didn't get the deluxe for at the time and but this and this and i kind of regret this too was uh forsaken I did not get the deluxe edition for Forsaken. I was so skeptical skeptical of getting anything Destiny related when uh, during this that state of the game, like in 2018, 
uh, because it was so bad. And uh, sure enough, Forsaken comes out. It it hits with a bang. I played I played Last Wish, and I was just like, "This is incredible." I and, and then that's when I bought like the, the 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 deluxe upgrade or the season pass or whatever whatever it was. And um, yeah, I I put a lot of money into this game, and I would rather put in a hundred bucks a year than pay like ten bucks a month for a subscription because. That just ain't. I mean, it's basically the same thing. But I would rather pay a hundred bucks for a DLC than than twelve bucks a month for a subscription. I would rather do that because I, I yeah I fell off of World of Warcraft because of that. I was like fuck paying twenty bucks a month on top of this garbage. Yeah, conflict. World of Warcraft is also like it, it's been in like a losing state for God knows how long. Oh yeah, when people when people it, Blizzard released the uh, Dragonflight trailer during their whole that whole sexual misconduct fiasco people knew that they were doing that to save face yeah and it didn't work but it did not that, work at all that being said though dragon people that's pretty cool i will give it that i want to wait and see uh i mean i could be a dragon person in ff14 for the price of free yeah for real so i don't know i'm not gonna i i kind of knocked off world of warcraft a, a long time ago and uh, I miss it. it. It was a fun game, but yeah, I got Destiny too. I got too. I got do. too many live services to play. <laughs> it's yeah, just, it's just too much. As I was saying about setting up for a sequel, the last end credit scene it shows Eggman one more time fiddling around on one of the computer computers and devices, and it's revealed that hey, uh, in the giant explosion of the final boss where y- y- Sage blows herself up to kill it. Uh, she's not fully dead, which I, I'm pretty happy about because I assumed Sage was going to be like uh, like Chip and Unleashed or something. And it's yeah, like, like okay, you're the, like the occasional character they introduce for a game, a game, and it's just like, hey, look at this character; they're here everywhere, and now they're gone, and you'll never see them again. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad it's not the case though, because like I, I think Sage is a cool character and brings Absolutely. a lot more depth to Eggman. it definitely it adds to both like it makes those two a much more unique duo it adds stuff to Eggman it adds stuff for Sage I think that those again those two were the best characters of this game okay so do you you, you want to get into theories if we're talking about sequels or whatever absolutely I'm down (laughs) because uh, so here's a A game theory theory that I saw a game theory exactly you know how they have that cutscene where Tails is like or Sonic's like trying to like talk up Tails and be like oh yeah you've done all this stuff on your own um and they showed off like the rocket from uh Sadex when Tails goes and fights Eggman so people were pointing out that you couldn't really see it because um it has like an effect or like a filter over it but they were saying that it looks like there's like remastered assets because it's like they're taking assets from the uh, Dreamcast version of the game, but they're like upscaled really high. And like, they're like, okay, well maybe it's from the uh, Dreamcast conversion mod or whatever that you can use in Sadex. And then they kept looking into it and it's like, no, this is like way better than you can get through any of that. So like, what if they're remastering Sonic adventure? (laughs) Oh, and then on top of that, azuka did out of nowhere mention doing sonic adventure games again and he was like hopefully this will lead to that so what if here's here's a theory i just came up with right now talking about like setting up for separate games what if we got a sonic adventure era type thing 
where we have Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, all on their own adventures, and you can play through each of their stories. Oh. And, like, they already have Sonic down. They would barely have to tweak him from this game at all, right? Yeah. So I think that could be really interesting. Um, And if they're going on their own adventures... Sick. It wouldn't have the Sadix problem of, like, (laughs) Uh you know, like just like these stories like not really making much sense connected they're they're just completely separate like anthologies almost yeah you could still connect them at the end you could do what you did with like birth by sleep and kingdom hearts and have like two points where they connect where everybody kind of connects up yeah that'd be cool there are nine unused type combos after scarlet and violet normal rock normal ice normal steel normal bug Fairy Ground, Fire Fairy, Ice Poison, Ghost Rock, and Dragon Bug. Oh, I thought... I mean, the normal ones make sense. I, the normal ones make sense aside from, I think, Normal Bug. We probably should have had one of those by now. It feels like we should have had one of those. Wouldn't have surprised me if there was. would have been one. Like It's it's a bit more surprising that there isn't when you think about it. Uh, but fairy, Fire Fairy, easy to do. I think of all the types oh, yeah. here, that's the easiest one to do. And I think that would be a cool Pokemon design. Oh, yeah. Like anything that they have that's that they've thought of that could be Fire Ghost, you could probably just lighten it a little bit and it would become <laughs> Fire Fairy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ghost Rock, Ice Poison, those two I feel like are easy to do as well. Fairy Ground intriguing one to see how they would do it oh yeah and dragon bug i mean dragon bug i feel like you could have made flygon dragon bug you could have you could all you could have also made the mega dragon bug oh yeah or the um mega evolution of because obviously they change typings when they mega evolve them sometimes don't they oh right yes why don't we remember if any of them a flygon got stiffed with yes i don't remember much with flygon yeah i know yan mega got one Obviously, but and they, I don't think they changed the typing. Did Yan Mega get one? There, I'm pretty sure there's a Mega Yan Mega, unless I'm thinking of a fan made. No, it's a fan. Oh, wait, uh, yeah, no fan made, no Mega Evolution. The fan made design I'm looking at though, really sick looking. Uh, uh yeah, and, and yeah, Yan Mega's only bug. Yeah, they could have easily made Yan Mega Bug Dragon. It's bug flying. Come on, it's a dragonfly. It's a dragonfly too, exactly. That's why I think it's a perfect choice. Oh, definitely, definitely. Because yeah, because they they changed the typing of Charizard. Obviously, you have X and Y. Um, one of those is dragon. He finally got a dragon type. Yeah, he finally got the dragon type too. Yeah. So it's definitely possible. Oh, that that's probably the closest to fire dragon I've seen. I mean, like, Rush Ram fire dragon. So. Oh yeah, I think. See, that's the gen I don't play. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> okay, played. I, I'll, uh, I'll, that's my in, excuse. In, in this generation, though, the, uh, seven new types got introduced in this generation. We had electric fighting, ground fighting, fairy fighting, normal poison, bug dark, which I'm surprised wasn't a type until now. No, because, me too. Again, it makes sense. Grass fire, which is a really cool Pokemon, and steel poison. So the grass fire, what, what was... I, so I Capsicid, which is that little spicy oh, pepper yes. Pokemon. I, I forgot you the give one it I didn't fire, catch. You give that a fire stone. And it becomes grass fire type. I love that. Because obviously capsicum, it's coming from pepper. Yeah. That, that's the first thing I noticed when I saw its name. And I was like, oh, it must be a partially fire type then. Didn't think that it'd be grass fire and how, obviously, 
diametrically opposed they are. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, then again, Volcanion did the impossible and made us fire water type. True. I am yet to see Andor. I basically, I feel like I'll probably binge all this. I want to do like a major Star Wars binge one day where I like go through all the movies, all the Clone Wars, all of Rebels, all of the series and just do everything. Oh, you're in for the for a treat when you, when you get around to that. Yeah, but I'm sorry. It's because what, what Andor did that you don't really see in uh, really a lot of media, maybe, maybe Star Trek. I'm not a huge Trekkie, so I can't comment. But uh, the political side of things, they really explored, like, uh, the ISB agents, how the government works, uh, you know, the concept of how, to, how, how, how the Empire works, basically, the innards. Oh, okay. I'd like to see more of that. Like, say, again, Mass Effect, my favorite sci-fi series. You know there's a government. You know how it works. But they don't really do a lot of showing it's there's a lot of like codexes and essays and shit you gotta read i'm not a fan of that i've always said if you're making me do homework you're not telling a good story i yeah it's like here's the thing if it's like short blurbs of shit that can help us understand i'm fine with that but it's like if it's full fucking essays i'm like yeah it's full on full on codexes like oh destiny destiny is still the worst of all that but still oh <laughs> let's not forget um, destiny the first one and how they they did their cards you had to go online uh, 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 uh. It, was, it was the best skitter box but damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but the political side would be good i know that star trek they cover so much of that shit with the series i never got into star trek it's mostly it's mostly kind of a reason why i couldn't get it i could never get into star trek is because i know that there's just like a lot of i feel like i would get i, I would get bored with that series really easily I can understand that. Well, I guess maybe how, how I was going to say Game of Thrones, but sci-fi. Because <laughs> that's, that's what a lot of people love about Game of Thrones. Or funnily enough, they love the the politics of it, the scheming, the the backstabbing. That's what they loved. And that's what I'm saying. Maybe we can find a way. Like, I think a good cyberpunk story might go that way. Like, because it's all corporate espionage and such. True. Very true. I, I, how about we just do this? We take the entire concept of Game of Thrones, but instead of dragons, it's robotic kaiju. Ooh. And instead of castles, I don't know, it's like giant fucking cities or datascapes or whatever. Ooh. And you just do the same plot of Game of Thrones, but you put it in a different setting. Sci-fi classic right there. You just redo the ending. You redo that entire final series, season. I think you might have just... Uh... Describe the plot of Superhuman Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, actually, I do not actually know what that is. Uh, this is like back in the day. Again, I'm aging myself. But this, this is like one of those Power Ranger clones that they were all trying to get into that oh, audience. Oh, okay. Good old, yeah. good old Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Uh, four S's. That, oh. Four, <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, do you know, uh, I don't know if you're an anime fan, but uh, SSSS Gridman, it's that. Oh, it's okay. A, yeah, I know of Gridman, yeah. Yeah, it's that, but they did the Power Rangers thing where they got the live action footage and just stuck American actors in there. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, good. The good old the good the the good old. Oh, what was it? Well, who's who's the guy that did it? Saban, oh no, Saban. Saban, good old the good old Sabaning. <laughs> oh, before Saban. before Disney bought it. 
oh, Saban. Disney bought it, then it went back to Saban. Then now I think Hasbro. No, it, I don't even yeah, know. It's, it's, whole it's Hasbro. Mess. So it's Saban did it until. Oh, what was it? It was, I think, Lightspeed Rescue. No, Wild Force? I think. I, I saw Watch Power Rage a long time ago. I actually switched to Sentai. Like, I went to the source material. I, I, I just went. I skipped the middle, man. God, I really. Here's the thing. I will say this. One of the most disappointing things I missed, like, I, uh, from Power Rangers Dino Charge in the Sentai series. There is this one like evil ranger called the Talon Ranger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck! I wish they used that in Dino Charge because I, I think that really would have been. It. I think they could have done that with fucking Heckle or yeah, Heckle and Snide, which is what with one of the villains in the second part. I feel like they should have done that with that because I think like it would have been so much cooler. Uh, yeah, that would have been neat to see. I've been disappointed with Power Rangers. I've been pleased with Power Rangers. It's a whole thing. It, it's what happens when you have a series that's been on for like almost 30 years. Exactly. I can't believe I said that out loud. Oh my God, I feel my back <laughs> Oh, I just felt my back hurt. <laughs> and uh, then we got our brand new trailer for Lightfall. And to take this away, uh, let's throw it to my Destiny Insider, uh, Jackson. Hey, Tony, uh, we are live on location at the Video Game Awards 2014, and man, oh man, it is a banger. Uh, I had a few minutes between the Diablo 4 showcase to record this, so it just goes to show how fucking important that shit is. But Lightfall it, uh, was revealed, the trailer, it came out, and it looked cool, Tony, a little bit more or less of what we were seeing. You know, the fucking strand, the green shit, fucking shooting out. The motherfuckers were shooting their guns at the beat. You know, you're, you're by the numbers, t uh, Destiny. Um, thing my air fryer is going off in the background i'm and i gotta pee but you know what season 19 it hit with a thud tony people are pissed off it's just more or less the same upgrade grid fucking anna bray she's fixing up rasputin he turned himself into a pickle morty ha ha, ha. but uh, anyway we're gonna wrap things up here uh, i believe that the game of the year is gonna be announced and it is gonna be uh spongebob battle for bikini bottom not the remake by the way but uh, before we wrap up here, Ollie, what's the weather like in Destiny 2? Space weather! All right, thank you. Uh, uh, we are signing out Wakanda forever. Uh, thanks for that, Jackson. Uh, so when, when that ended, hey, we got a brand new trailer for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Most anticipated game for the second year in a row went to Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. However, oh, last yeah, year it, it won it under unnamed Zelda game. Right, <laughs> which is arguably way more funny when it's the most anticipated game and we don't even know what it's called yet. Exactly. Uh, but no, that one again, I think that was kind of obvious. The fact it won last year, yeah. it was going to win again this year. Yeah. Uh, new category, best adaptation. Yeah. That went, who presented that award? Because someone presented this award. I don't remember. Did, they, did someone present? I can't remember. I think someone presented this award. Uh, but that went to Arcane League of Legends, which Very... honestly, it was a stacked category. Like you had well, Arcane, you had Edge four, Runners. Four to five, I think. Four, yeah, stacked. you had Edge Runners, you had Cuphead, you had Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and you had Uncharted. We, we just kind of pushed Uncharted aside. The other four, though? Yeah. Other four, stacked. yeah, strong. Netflix so, like, very strong. I was, around. I would have, yeah, I would have been fine with any of them taking it because they are all phenomenal in their own way. Yes. Yeah. 
and it also <laughs> like yeah uncharted was there but it just it goes to show um halo wasn't even pushed for a nom (laughs) (laughs) yeah it wasn't (laughs) so uh that just goes to show you how good of an adaptation (laughs) it is probably can't even be considered an adaptation content creator of the year it was mostly between two people that was the prediction it was going to be between carl jacobs and miss and ludwig and of course our boy lud gets the lud win taking w's here chat (laughs) <laughs> uh but no good for lud uh it was a good it was a good category i i knew three of them the fact ludwig and cutie were both nominated up for that so good for them mm-hmm. uh you love to see when couples have to fight face head head to head for <laughs> an award yeah, uh, but yeah. that means ludwig is the true gamer <laughs> capital g capital g gamer uh that was what best multiplayer game I would I, legit if you told me who would have won this, I would have said <laughs> most likely Call of Duty. I would have yeah. said Call of Duty would have won it. No, it didn't. Splatoon three wins the award for best multiplayer game with its janky servers. <laughs> it wins. <laughs> it won. I'm like, uh, let's hey, anything that can beat Call of Duty is a fucking win in my book. Yep. So good for you, you go. Splatoon three. Congratulations, Nintendo, on that. Uh, but what took a massive L was the fighting game category. What the <laughs> fuck? What the actual fuck? Multiverses? No, get that shit out of here. Fuck multiverses. I'm not a fan of the game. I played it a bit. I, I gave it an honest the college a try. I don't like it. It's no, it's not that refined as people fucking say it is. Mm-hmm. It's still in early fucking access. Get that shit out of here. It's I... funny that you can play as LeBron James, but... Yeah. <laughs> No, get that uh, out of here. Yeah, I personally would have, like, I would have loved Sifu to win. That game's combat was, like, A+. plus. It was amazing. The game that deserved to win D- was DNF Duel. That's what should have won. I will say right. that. Sifu, I'm glad it got nominated, but it's also hard to put that game for other nominations. Like, I think yeah, it was up for, like, totally. one or two other games. Just yeah. because of how unique of a game it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the the traditional sense of a fighting game isn't usually a single player uh, fighting game. So, that's it's, uh, yeah. So, and uh, platform fighters are not real. But multiverse is one. So, I mean, platform fighters are not real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that I played, and then of course the big game that I played that came at uh, it had content updates throughout this year. Yes, but it did come. It came out so long ago. And that is the very popular. MMO RPG Final Fantasy 14 that features a free trial, uh, including the entirety of a Realm Reborn and he- the award-winning Heaven's Ward up to level 60 with no restrictions on playtime. What a game. I am still very addicted to that game, and I will be for years to come. You really just make it sound like an ad every time you say it. I really do. <laughs> Square Enix, Square Enix, this is your reminder. Pay me, please. Pay me. I will fucking I will sell my soul to promote this fucking game for money. Oh, no. oh my gosh. Get, I won't even do it for money. I'll do it for fucking in-game currency square. I, free. I will do I will not for free. I'll, like fucking give me money. <laughs> give me some sort of money, whether it be real or in-game. If you give me real money, I'll just put it back into the game so you don't lose much. Please. Payday 2, um, I haven't played much of it beforehand until, like, recently. 
of this year. And I played it with some friends and somebody, and I was just like, I, <laughs> I found it really fun. Like I, I still haven't played it too much, but like just like a game that has a basis of stealth and the challenge of putting that into a game that's like and making it challenging but not too hard and also and making it fun. It's just like that's it's super cool. Um, very fun game. Um, Splatoon three. Uh, I didn't get to pick it up, um, but I did play a lot of the demo when it came out. Uh, a lot of the Oh, wow, and it was pfft, that game. I, I, it, I, uh, I, I'm just like baffled that they came up with the idea of like squids going into ink, and it's like that you're shooting. Like, I can't the believe they turned crazy. the squid into a kid. I know exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I know it, it. It it is similar to the the past two entries, but like I, I'm excited to see a new one, and it seems like they're putting a lot of effort into at least um improving the formula so that's good yeah um and towards the end i some little bit um uh, i started to play final fantasy 6 i just i picked it up on the steam summer sale and i didn't get to play it yet um so i've played a little bit of it i'm kind of interested i got intrigued from the bit of gameplay i was like Ooh, okay because i haven't gotten to play i haven't really played any final fantasy game other than uh i think it's 13 part two. Oh, good old 13 uh, part two I got, I got it i got it like cheap pre-owned and it was like I, I had no idea how the combat worked and I played it for like 20 minutes and I got frustrated and I gave up. <laughs> so I like anything of the Final Fantasy series, just like my interest like went out the window because I was like, God. <laughs> and I picked like the worst one. <laughs> uh, there's a rumor going around that Tears of the Kingdom is the last major game that's going to be coming out on Nintendo Switch. So this might mean that uh, the Nintendo Switch's. Um, life is probably coming to an end. They're probably going to start working on the next console. That's crazy. Uh, do, do you believe the rumors? So kind of yes and no. I don't believe that is the last major release for the Switch. Uh, like, I feel like they have like something else like cooking like for this year. Um, but I do think it kind of falls in the line with like, how long a lot of their systems have like lasted because this is like the switch's sixth year and i think there was only like six years in between uh the wii u to switch and like six years between the ds and 3ds if i remember correctly or something like that um but yeah the switch has like been out for a long time it doesn't even feel like it's been six years at this point but i I have a feeling that they they probably are working on the next console, but I don't think like they're done making like like the major titles just yet. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm actually looking at like what games uh are coming out this year, and with the lists I have, I, I, I sat. It fuels the rumors a little bit because uh, I haven't. I'm looking through this list, and there isn't a single major Nintendo game coming out past Zelda. There's not even any that have yet to be announced that are coming out past Zelda. Yeah, I think Nintendo's probably still doing the uh, thing where they they love to like they love to like surprise their fans and just like not mention anything about like 
what they're about to release until like a director like something like e3 so they probably do have like a bunch of stuff they just haven't announced it yet and they're probably just like waiting for the direct which feel like it might be happening soon or something february i believe february is when we should see the next direct or the first direct of this year yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking so if we do see anything i here's what we know uh so far we know that we're getting a rayman dlc for sparks of hope Mm-hmm. We know that that's coming. We don't know when, but we know that that's coming. So if, but then again, that is more of a Ubisoft thing. But it, you know, it is still Nintendo because Mario's there. Oh yeah. You got eventually one day the release of Advance Wars. Oh wait, is that still not out yet? It's still not out, and it probably won't be out until Ukraine and Russia's war ends. Oh no. Dang, I'm, this is so sad. I was actually thinking about playing it because it looks like, like it looks like a ton of fun. I've never played Advance Wars, but I've only heard great things about it. Uh, so we have that. I believe I believe we're still waiting on Xenoblade Three DLC, but I might be wrong about that. Uh, maybe it's coming out this year. I think we have like yeah. one or two things for the Xenoblade Three that are coming out, but don't quote me on that one because I'm not fully up to date on the Xenoblade stuff. Uh, and of course, we still have three more packs of the Mario Kart 8 DLC. What does the speed run look like? A lot of grappling. <laughs> like, basically, 80, you skip 80% of the game. That's not even like a joke. That's like literally the number. You skip 80% of it, and it's because of grappling and how overpowered it is. You're a cuter version of Spider-Man, all right? You, you have superpowers with the grapple. It allows you to, like... Um, hover in midair you're able to get double height jumps because of it you're able to even climb walls so it's just insane how powerful the grapple is and yeah basically that's what all you'll see in the speed run is just everything that the grapple does another superpower that he uh trader didn't mention is uh the ability to withstand blunt force trauma to the head multiple times yes. in succession because exactly. when you're climbing well, a that's wall, because... you just bam, bam, bam. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I didn't mention this. The main character's name is Renata. Renata's a little girl looking for her family because um, they've been missing for a few days. And, yeah, the reason she can survive that is because she's wearing a helmet. Oh, yeah, right? she is Helmets are great. Helmet. But but, but what hats. if? But here's the thing: there's a hat vendor in the game, and I take off the helmet and I give her just a normal hat. I don't think it works the it's same. A, it's like steel-toed boots, but for hats, it's like completely covered. <laughs> you're saying <laughs> so? You're saying I have Final Fan the ability of glam, like Final Fantasy fourteen, where even though it looks different, it does the same thing. Exactly. Oh she's full of power she is the warrior of light everybody look out Eorzea Renata's <laughs> coming for you started, yeah, she started with uh, Jake and his snake and now she's coming after you oh my god it is Jake and a snake I didn't think you're, about well, that you're te- okay you're telling me <laughs> that you didn't think once that, that that was oh my traitor oh my god i, I never thought about it because i never see jake okay that's fair that is fair I, I don't even think about his name ever i just just like 
oh yeah this dude that we skiff yeah so in, in context uh there are each world in the game that you, you basically race your rival which is jake mm-hmm. and he has a snake gun and mm-hmm. uh you, you race him but in the speed runs you can skip his trigger for like five of the six stages yeah. And you, you just don't see him. He's there once. Yeah, you see him once because you cannot skip that, that one of the triggers. But every other trigger you can skip. Really, really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So why did you submit Frog Gun to AGDQ and not Sonic? Um, Because, okay, so this is funny. Uh, I, I was planning on submitting Sonic, but then I thought about it and I was like, okay realistically am i going to really want to grind for like two months this game that at the time by the way i was super burnt out of uh sa2 so i was like okay do i really want to be grinding this if i actually do get in and then try to act like i'm enjoying it when i go to gdq no Definitely not. So I just decided to f- submit Frog Gun because I actually really did enjoy the game. And uh, well, to be fair, okay, I don't hate Sonic Adventure Two. I just do not want to grind Hero Story. That thing is like literally having someone pluck your nails off. It is painful. <laughs> this is coming from the guy who has the world record in 180 emblems. Yeah. Okay. 180 emblems completely fine to submit hero story way too short way too much rng that can murder your run and also it hurts my soul but other than that (laughs) uh it it would be it is absolutely a fun run not at the highest level though i would say at that point it's it gets too much for me one of the more difficult things was just like when you spawned in on an island you could find supplies in the barrels at the island but you just never knew what you were going to get um, and one of the things they fixed recently in an update is you can go to one of the uh, little stores at an outpost and purchase those different supplies uh, up to a certain amount. Like you couldn't just purchase like 500 cannons, but you could purchase like, you know, 50, or, uh, 50 cannonballs. Uh, I think it's I think the, the purchasing one is like 30. But being able to purchase the supplies is nice. And because it, it speeds up the process. So you're not just like running around an outpost for 20 minutes before you can set sail. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's frustrating, right? Like nobody wants to join in on a game and then spend the first 30 minutes of their gaming experience supplying up. And I mean, my friend Wild Bill would because he loves looting for some reason. <laughs> but <laughs> he's got he, loves, he loves looting. Yeah. He's like, uh, he'll join a server and I'll be like, hey, I'll be right back. Uh, I got to go like do something real quick. I got to make a phone call. It'll be like 15 minutes or whatever. He's like, oh, no worries. I'll just loot. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm just going to loot the boat. I'm going to get the boat ready to go. So <laughs> but yeah, they've. Uh, I can't really think of a change off the top of my head um, other than hit registration. That's like obviously the major one. I wish they'd commit more resources to that. But yeah, I think, I think uh, Tall Tales would be the next thing. I think, you know, there are there's nine primary tall tales, uh, two additional ones, and then two additional ones that were added, and then the five uh, Pirates of the Caribbean tall tales. I think it's been I think it's been more than a year since the Pirates of the Caribbean collaboration, and there hasn't been any new tall tales. I think that's another thing they could do, and I think they're working on that because they've they've started to do 
um, kind of like weekly or bi-weekly adventures, which are like little mini tall tales, but sometimes they just take too long and they're like not really too impactful to the game and the cosmetics they give you for completing them are not too important or valuable or they're just like oh here's a compass like I, I don't really care that much about a compass i'd rather get like a full ship set with sails and yeah wheel and the boat you know just like more valuable cosmetics that actually feel like they're part of the game not your compass that you pull out every couple you know every 20 minutes but yeah <laughs> uh for me with what i've heard you know what i would love to see i think it would be more like a sequel type thing if they ever did this Sky Pirates. <laughs> you know, I I was listening to a streamer talk about that the other day. They were saying, "What if what if Sea of Thieves was like No Man's Sky, where the where the world was, you know, never ending, and you could just keep going." And that that that's kind of makes me think of that Sky. Like if they made a No Man's Sky version of Sea of Thieves, I think that could be fascinating. That would be. You'd would have be to cool. limit. You'd have to limit the map. I feel like you can't. I don't. I don't think you could I, I have feel, it. I where... feel like what they would have to do is they would have to take a page out of Minecraft's book to figure out how they fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Truly, yeah. Because I think if you want to do space, I, I think you. You know, I th- now that you, you know, it keeps ideas are running into my head right now, and I think <laughs> this can work. I think this can work. Tony, do you want to? Do you want to s- start developing a video game? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't have this. I know a guy. Uh, oh, I know a guy. I gotta, I gotta show up to his house so- someday in a Sonic onesie to be in his knee- beat in his kneecaps. But uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sure after that, I think we could get Dion on board. There you go. Yeah, I think uh, we're moving in the right direction here. Space Sea of Thieves, where it's just no man's sky. You're flying around, but you can like steal other. You can like shoot down other people's ships and take their loot and it basically it adds more of a for... multiplayer aspect to yeah no man's yeah. sky doesn't really just really have a lot of that right not like a not a not a clear one not yeah. one where that's the intention you know sea of thieves is like the intention is part one do missions and obtain loot and sell it or part two player and player interaction and part three talk like a pirate the entire time yes get immersed (laughs) there is nothing better than getting immersed and confusing other players by pretending like you're or rp just rp just role play pretend you're an actual pirate and confuse everyone else in the server (laughs) like hey man (laughs) the more and more that this is talked about like man this is just this is just final fantasy 14 on the ocean that's basically what this game is, uh, with the difference being there's, I, I, I mean, there's no erotic role playing yet. <clears throat> well, let me tell you about my friend Wild Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh God! No, you can never escape it. <laughs> ah! Oh God! It's Balmung all over again. <laughs> Well, actually, okay, so I played the HD version of Sonic Unleashed at a friend's place. And then I got the game for Christmas for the Wii one year. And I'm like, oh, awesome. I loved playing Sonic Unleashed on that. So it's probably... And then playing it, I'm like, this wasn't in the... (laughs) I don't remember this one. (laughs) As as time went on, I eventually got a 360 and got Sonic Unleashed for that, too. I'm like, I'll play it again. I liked it. And I'm like, yeah, these are completely different games. What the fuck? (laughs) So I, I guess if you can answer the question, why are they 
completely different? Um, that is a great question. So um, I'll give you a little bit of the, the history of this game. Um, so I I can't give specific uh, reasonings, but I, this is I'll I'll tell you when I break from theory into reality. Um, the, my theory is that um, they were sitting in a boardroom and somebody was like, "Hey, we're we're making a brawler. Why not put it on the Wii?" with motion controls and all the CEOs were like, Oh yes, exquisite. And started clapping for this intern that gave the, gave the idea. And, um, and so they, they made that. And, um, and now this is where it becomes fact. Um, and so they, they made that game for the Wii uh, Sonic team was split. So um, not evenly, but they were split regardless to make these three different versions, the HD version, uh, which is regarded as many by as, as the best boost game ever made. Um, and I would, I would definitely stand by that. Uh, I think it's the best Sonic game ever made to be deeply honest. Uh, but uh, in terms of a lot of different things, but uh, the standard version was also made. And then the Java version for Nokia cell phones, all three of those were made together and um, uh, by Sonic team just split up and already Sonic team's pretty, pretty dang small. So the fact that any of these games are uh, good is just astounding to me. I think Sonic H Sonic Unleashed HD is like one of the most aesthetically pleasing games I've ever seen. And it came out almost 15 years ago, but that's besides the point. But this version was made with Sonic team. And then they consulted Dimps. Who you guys probably uh, notoriously know for Sonic four, which we don't talk about, but before they made a bad game, they made a lot of good games. Um, and, and uh, the day stages, they came out for cons- consultation for the day stages, aesthetics, um the mechanics of the day stages and um and some of the the level design as well and so that's kind of how that got outsourced and um and then they made this weird looking thing that is sonic unleashed Wii, and that's how that kind of came about and why they're so different is because technically three different teams all the same team but all three different teams are kind of trying to divide divided, divided like uh, how it was with so- well, divided but not to the scale of sonic 06 and sonic and the secret rings were yes yes and and divided and in a way that was like okay so we have like a general idea and so like all the same mechanics are present in the wii nhd version the difference is physics engine um i don't know the physics engine here's some things that for homework if anyone's like nerdy enough you figure out what physics engine uh the sd version uses uh that would be great i would love to know that um hit my line on discord uh, <laughs> but uh but uh i'm pretty sure it's the heroes engine that they're using and then they just updated and modified it you know um, that would make sense because it did feel a little slidey here and there all right with all that said and done it's time for us to now dive into this week's bonus level Community Q&As, a look back at gaming history and your achievement of the week. Here's this week's bonus level. And starting off, of course, we have this week in gaming history, February 6th to 12th. Here's what happened in the past. On the 6th, 2006, Nintendo released Drill Dozer for the Game Boy Advance in North America. The cartridge included a vibrating rumble feature. On the 7th, 2011, Nintendo released Mario Sports Mix for the Nintendo Wii in North America. On the 8th, 1982, Walter Day released the first Twin Galaxies National Scoreboard to the public, which recorded video game high scores for that game. 
On the 9th of 2004, Square Enix released Final Fantasy The Crystal Chronicles for the GameCube in North America. On the 10th, 1997, Mario Kart 64 was released for the N64 in North America. On the 11th, 1999, Squeeze... Oh, Square, not Square Enix, it was just Square. They released Final Fantasy VIII for the PlayStation in Japan. And on the 12th, 2002, Sega released Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for the GameCube and PlayStation 2 in North America. Making the game, making that specific version of the game 21 years old. They can now legally drink in the United States. Happy, happy birthday, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Happy birthday. <laughs> the achievement of the week is SpongeBob SquarePants in, in SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake. It's Boxing Champion, which is to destroy 1,000 Tiki's. And the game of the week. Considering the lack of games coming out, it's Hogwarts Legacy. And that's that's this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed taking a look back in the past of the best moments of this season. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank all of the guests. Uh, Argic, Tails DK, Abiku, Ponage, Tina Chino, Crisis, Alpha Dolphin, Nimputs, Dirty Panda, my Destiny Insider Jackson, Don SR, Rico, Zin Spanish, my boy, No Score, Nick Green, Ninja Frog, Freezy Pop, D Trader One, Oso Dubs, and Specwee. I want to thank all of them for coming on this season. Be sure to follow them on Twitch, Twitter, or wherever you can find them on the internet. Of course, as always, you can find me at Radio Tony on Twitter and at Tony's Game Lounge on Instagram, Twitch, TikTok, YouTube, wherever you 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 can find me. Tony's Game Lounge is probably what I have. Uh, we'll probably be changing the Twitter handle next next season as well because I think I can grab it still. Uh, with that, we now go into our month-and-a-half-long hiatus. We will be back with Season 7 of the Game Lounge in April. Until then, have yourselves a great time, uh, a great early 2023. Play those games. Hope you have a good time playing them. And when I return, I will see you back here in the Game Lounge. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like and share the podcast and follow Tony on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok for more updates.